Okay, our reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. As we get deeper into this epistle, you might wonder why it seems to jump from topic to topic to topic with no apparent connection between them. I mean, early on he was talking about his apostleship and taught us some things about evangelism. Then he talked about church discipline and accountability within the church. And now in this chapter, he moves on to talking about lawsuits (laughs) and fleeing sexual immorality. As we move forward from here, the seemingly random arrangement of topics is going to continue. And uh, the reason for this is because there evidently was uh, previous correspondence between Paul and the Corinthians, which we no longer have in which the Corinthians had apparently made known to Paul various issues that were going on within the church that they needed his wisdom on. So this letter uh, we call 1 Corinthians is Paul's reply to them in which he responds to their various issues. This accounts for the seemingly random nature of topics. And um, these letters are off, by the way, these letters of Paul are often called occasional letters, occasional letters, meaning Uh, not that they wrote them uh, just from time to time, but meaning they were, these these letters were written to address specific occasions in the church, different, uh, on purpose to address specific things. 1 Corinthians is an example, an excellent example of that actually. Uh, So let's let's consider a couple of things from this chapter. And the first has the, and we're going to cover the two main topics of the chapter. So the first one has to do with settling disputes. The first half of the chapter addresses the matter of lawsuits apparently being brought between members of the church. They had uh, disputes that they were attempting to bring settlement to, uh, to through means of lawsuit. Instead of working the differences out of them out between themselves, they took the matter to court, and Paul Uh, found out about this and had some pretty strong words to say about it to them. Needless to say, he wasn't too keen on the whole idea, and he doesn't beat around the bush to tell them so. He he asks them in verse 2, Are you too incompetent (laughs) to try trivial cases? In in a a similar way, he says in verse 5, Can it be that there is no one wise enough to settle a, a dispute between the brothers? Nobody? I added that last nobody. He tells them that, that from a worldly point of view, a lawsuit may be appealing and a winner will be declared uh, by a worldly judge. But from a Christian point of view, if a matter goes to court, then it, it is already a defeat for both parties. That's what he says, verse 7. In the, in the eyes of God, it is a, it's a loss but to, for both because they failed to resolve the matter in a Christ-like way between themselves but how does Paul suggest settling a matter uh, and keeping it out of court well to answer this Paul asks some astonishing at least to our ears questions he says in verse 7 why not rather suffer wrong (laughs) why not rather be defrauded that's what he says yeah Paul is asking what you think he is asking Buried in that rhetorical question is the assumption that a follower of Christ should always be ready and willing to forego his rights and to leave the justice or repayment for suffering wrongdoing to the Lord. Why? Because this is exactly the way Jesus Christ lived his entire life. Paul told the Philippians that 
through Je- though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. That word, by the way, grasped means used to his own advantage. He didn't consider his equality with God as something that he used for his own advantage. Peter said that when Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to to him who just judges justly. So seeking punitive damages seems to contradict this. Paul tells the Corinthians to realize who they are in Christ and settle the disputes between themselves, even if it means suffering a loss on one side or even on both sides. Paul, the Lord sees all that happens and he will repay all for what does happen. Secondly, let's think about sexual purity for a moment which is the the theme of the latter half of the chapter. Um, His discussion is fairly explicit, and he rebukes some of the members for their involvement with prostitutes. (laughs) Now, in that day, some of the temples to pagan gods employed prostitutes, and in the pagan culture, various forms of worship even of those pagan gods involved gross sexual immorality. Apparently, while in chapter 5, we learned that one church member was having sexual relations with his stepmother, others felt that they had the freedom in Christ to be involved in the sexual immorality uh, taking place in these pagan temples. Well, Paul, as as expected, sets the record straight. And uh, while the form of, of sexual immorality that existed in Corinth in the first century doesn't always look exactly the same here, there are no uh, overt pagan temples uh, em, employing uh, prostitutes nearby, the, the, in reality they they are. They just go by a different name. Uh, sexual immorality is nevertheless rampant, even among the church today. Uh, Paul's words to the Corinthians two thousand years ago are just as relevant today as they were then. His main remark to them is found in verses nineteen and twenty, when he reminds them that just as they were, just as they as a church together are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember. Uh, the southern version in chapter 3 was y'all or a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Here in chapter 6, verse 19, so also each of them individually is also a possession of the Holy Spirit. And the Christian is therefore to glorify God in your body and everything you do with your body. Sexual immorality is one of the most deadly sins in the Bible. More times than not, whenever Paul names a whole list of sins in succession, which he likes to do a lot, uh, sexual immorality is first on the list. For many, purity is difficult, but God gives the, Paul gives the assurance uh, in this chapter that God uh, raised the Lord, verse 14, and will also raise us up by his power. The Holy Spirit who lives within you will empower you for obedience and purity. And those are a couple of thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 6.